Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is staying safe and doing as well as possible. We are very happy to be with you today and talk a little Islanders hockey as we continue to await the resumption, hopefully, of the 2019-2020 NHL season. Don't forget, that today's episode of Locked On Islanders is brought to you by Built Bar. I had the mint chocolate cream yesterday when I was walking, and I'll tell you, that is why I felt so good during my exercise period. Remember, promo code Locked On gets you $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com. We have got a lot to talk about on today's show. Uh, First of all, we'll discuss the latest news and and what really the biggest obstacle is before the NHL can resume play. We'll talk a little bit about some of the great Islanders games that are on MSG Plus right now, and we'll break down some of the schedule that's ahead. Always good to catch up on some of these old games, and I'm enjoying them, keeping me, you know, keeping me close to the game while we're waiting for play to resume. We also will look back at a thrilling overtime playoff win on this date in Islanders history, and we continue our look at the greatest moments in Islanders franchise history with a look at the 1993 playoff run that really took everybody by surprise as the Islanders reached the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, that season after uh, barely making the playoffs. So don't forget, if there's something on your mind, if you've got a topic, a question, uh, a comment, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you mention your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we read your question. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on the latest news and happenings from around the world of the New York Islanders. All right, let's start off with the TV situation and, and the different things that are on the schedule for the rest of this week. Tonight, uh, Thursday night uh, at 7 o'clock, the uh, Islanders and the Canucks 
uh, facing off a game from March 10th of 2014. And then tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, breakout Brass Bonanza, the Islanders, and the Hartford Whalers, the game played back on February 4th, 1989. Sunday night, a... Uh, Playoff overtime thriller. It's actually Sunday uh, at 10 a.m. So Sunday they go with uh, a whole bunch of games and they're basically going with overtime thrillers. So April 10th, 2019 against the Penguins, followed by the Islanders and the Rangers from April 9th, 1990. Islanders and the Rangers from April 10th, 1984. Uh, part of that great series that went the full five games. And then at 4.30 on Sunday afternoon, Islanders and Capitals, April 18th, 1987. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about what's happening right now with the NHL. And, and quite honestly, the biggest obstacle, or one of the biggest obstacles that the league is facing before it can resume play, is testing. We still, unfortunately, have a uh, for the COVID-19 virus in this country. And we really have to get to the point, both in the United States and in Canada, where we have enough tests so that if the NHL tests all of its players, coaches, trainers, referees, cameramen, uh, off-ice officials, Zamboni drivers, anyone and everyone who gets into an empty arena, you know, except for those people who are needed to broadcast that game and play in that game, uh, until they can be tested on a regular basis and quarantined in a hotel or a, a few hotels in, in a specific area, and safely travel to and from that hub city, until all of that happens, we are not going to resume play. And I think the other factor, you know, you, you would have a lot of resentment if the average person in this country is not able to go to work because safely because they can't get enough tests, and millionaire athletes are getting tested extensively and repeatedly so they can play games. It, it just isn't going to look good. The other problem, realistically speaking, is that you don't want to rush back too soon and then have an outbreak among players and have to shut everything down all over again. There are a lot of logistical issues that will need to be worked out. I am reasonably sure we may see an extension of rosters initially uh, instead of, you know, dressing 18 players and two goalies. They may allow teams to carry more players or maybe even dress more players for some games initially uh, just because rosters, uh, again, if players get sick, if players have trouble traveling, if... Uh, you know, whatever the issue may end up being, uh, the NHL has to be prepared. And you don't want to resume too quickly, have things go off track, uh, players get infected, and then have to shut it down. That would be an absolute 
disaster. I am still confident that we will see hockey and we will see the Stanley Cup awarded this season, even if it happens in the fall, in September or even October, I think we will see it. And uh, hopefully we will see it fairly soon because all of us are eager to get back to hockey and Islanders hockey in particular when this team was in the middle of a fight for one of the final playoff spots in the Metropolitan Division and in the Eastern Conference. Another thing that I am always anticipating is when I'm going to eat my next Built Bar. Yeah, there's no protein bar quite like a Built Bar. It tastes like candy, but it gives you so all the benefits, really, that you would get in a regular protein bar. Built Bars are tasty. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And there are 16 amazing flavors Eight of them are chocolate with nuts, and eight of them are chocolate and nut-free. All of the bars, all 16 flavors, are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. And best of all, Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. And, you know, Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. So, look at the peanut butter brownie, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, only 3 grams of sugar, and 3 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you, I've had trouble with so many other protein bars, either the consistency isn't good, the texture isn't good, the taste is not so good, but Built Bar, it almost feels like I'm, I'm, I'm indulging in a real candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, time for this date in Islanders history. And boy, have we got a, a doozy for you. We take you back right now to May the 7th, 1975. Game four of the semifinal series between the upstart Islanders and the defending Stanley Cup champion Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers already up in this series, three games to nothing. The Islanders on the brink of elimination. Remember, the Islanders had just become only the second team in NHL history to come back from a 3 nothing deficit when they beat the Penguins in the quarterfinal series, down 3-0, won the last four games to oust the Penguins, including a 1-0 game in Game 7 in Pittsburgh. Now they're going up against the Broad Street Bullies. And here's what J.P. Parise had to say about it. For us, the Flyers were a brand new thing. We knew and admitted that they were a better team than us. They didn't win the Cup just by beating people up. They had guys like Bobby Clark, Bill Barber, and the best goalie with Bernie Perrant. We were sort of feeling our way against them, tentative and unsure. And indeed, that's the way it sort of started. The Flyers won game one four to nothing behind Perrant's strong goaltending. They beat the Islanders at game two in the spectrum, five to four in overtime, and then a one-nothing win in game three at the Nassau Coliseum. Al Arbor, the Islanders coach, joking around and basically telling his team, hey, 
we've got them where we want them. And Chico Resch basically said, you know, you'd think that we were uptight, but we were much looser being down three games. We felt we could repeat it. And so we had this game at the Nassau Coliseum. The goaltenders, again, Bernie Perrant for the Philadelphia Flyers, Chico Resch for the Islanders, 14,865 fans on hand to watch the Islanders try to extend their season and stay alive. And in the first period, Ted Harris of Philadelphia called for tripping, and the Islanders take advantage. Ed Westfall gets his fifth goal of the playoffs on the power play, assists to Dennis Potvan and Billy Harris at 4.58, and after one period, the Islanders held a one to nothing lead. Islanders outshot in a pretty even first period, 11-10. Bobby Nystrom, by the way, uh, kicked out of this game for being the third man in uh, after Gary Howitt and Ed Van Imp started off with a uh, little showdown. Nystrom came in, got the game misconduct. Howitt got two for roughing. Van Imp, five for fighting, and two for roughing, as did Nystrom. But Nystrom gone for the game. In the second period, the Islanders continued to extend their lead. Jerry Hart, the defenseman, got his first goal of the playoffs from Andre St. Laurent and Gary Howitt at 529, and it was two to nothing in favor of the Islanders. Then Bobby Clark, the Flyers' captain, takes a hooking penalty at 1137, and the Islanders cash in. Ralph Stewart got his third of the playoffs. Assists to Billy Harris and Clark Gillies at 12.49. And we're a little bit past the halfway mark of the a hockey game. And the Islanders led 3 to nothing. But look, the Flyers were not the defending Stanley Cup champions for nothing. And they stormed back. Late in the second period, Ross Lonsberry potted his first of the playoffs from Gary Dornhofer at 17 24, and it's a 3-1 to hockey game. And then the dreaded goal in the last minute of the period, Rick McLeish of Philadelphia, his sixth from Jimmy Watson and Bobby Clark at 19:21. So 39 seconds before intermission, and the Flyers make it a one-goal hockey game after two periods, Islanders three, Flyers two. In the third period, it only took four minutes and 48 seconds for the Flyers to tie it. Rick McLeish, his seventh, from Moose DuPont and Joe Watson, again at 448, and the game was even at three, and the momentum squarely belonged to the Philadelphia Flyers. They outshot the Islanders in the third period, 13-3, to but the strong goaltending of Chico Resch kept the game tied until the closing seconds. Time running out, Flyers peppering the Islanders with shots, and Reggie Leach, the sniper of the Flyers, fired a hard shot at the goal. It beat Chico Resch, but referee Dave Newell had a conference with his linesmen, and they ruled that the buzzer had sounded first, and as a result, the game headed to overtime. A lot of controversy there, but 
the Islanders were still alive, and Dennis Potvan basically said, given that new life, we were obligated to do something positive. Well, it didn't take all that long for that positivity to take hold. In overtime, Jude Druan, his fourth of the playoffs from J.P. Parise and Ed Westfall at 153, and the Islanders stay alive with a 4-3 victory over the Philadelphia Flyers. They send the series back to Philadelphia for a Game 5. On this date in Islanders history, of May 7th, 1975. All right, we continue our look back at the greatest moments in Islanders franchise history. And let's talk about a big Game 7 upset. May 14th, 1993, Islanders at the Igloo in Pittsburgh at the old Pittsburgh Civic Arena. The Penguins are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions going up against an Islanders team that barely qualified for the playoffs that year. The Islanders, by the way, uh, finished the regular season barely over 500. They were 40, 37, and 7. So three games over 500, 87 points in 84 games, which is how long the regular season was. But the Islanders had some explosive talent. And throughout the playoff run, they got some excellent goaltending. Uh, first, you know, Glenn Healy was outstanding. And then, of course, the Islanders upsetting the Washington Capitals in the first round of that playoffs. One of the dirtiest plays I've ever seen. Uh basically taking place at the end of that series, and it ended up costing the Islanders dearly. As Dale Hunter of the Capitals hitting Pierre Turgeon of the Islanders well after, about five or six seconds at least, after he scored a goal, Islanders eliminated the Capitals in that opening round and then had to face the Penguins in round two. Islanders end up winning game one, at Pittsburgh, three to two, the Penguins come back, win game two, three to nothing at the Igloo, and game three in Pittsburgh, uh, excuse me, at the Coliseum, three to one. Islanders even the series with a six to five win at home in game four. Pittsburgh wins game five to three, and the Islanders hang on to win game six, seven to five. So it sets up game seven, winner take all in Pittsburgh for the right to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. No scoring in the first period as both goaltenders played well. That would be Glenn Healy and Tasso. But in the second period, it was the Penguins scoring first. Ulf Samuelson got his first of the playoffs from Samuelson at 7.59. That made it one to nothing Pittsburgh. But the Islanders did bounce back. Steve Thomas, his sixth of the playoffs from Benoit Hogue at 18-28. And the two teams went into the second intermission all even at 1-1. In the third period, the Islanders took a lead as David Volok got his first of the playoffs. Ray Ferraro and Tom Fitzgerald with the assist time of the goal. 
6-10. And then less than three minutes later, Benoit Hogue, his fourth from Vladimir Malakov and Glenn Healy at 9.09. Islanders shocking the world by being up 3-1. to But the Penguins did not quit. And in the closing minutes, they made a run. Ron Francis, his sixth from Larry Murphy at 16-13. And it was suddenly a one, one minute left on the clock. His seventh of the playoffs from Ron Francis and Larry Murphy. And the game heads into overtime. In the extra session, it only took five minutes and 16 seconds when David Volick ended it with his second goal of the game and his second goal of the playoffs. Ray Ferraro and Dennis Vasky with the assists. And just like that, the mighty Penguins, who had finished the season so far ahead of the Islanders in the standings, were vanquished. What was the difference in the standings during the regular season? Well, the Penguins were 22 games better than the Islanders. Pittsburgh finishing the season with 119 points, while the Islanders had 87. They scored 32 more goals than the Islanders and gave up 29 fewer goals. And you look up and down that Penguins lineup, and you can see how tough they were to beat. Ron Francis, Hall of Famer, Yaramir Yager, Mario Lemieux, Joe Mullen, Larry Murphy, Olfen Shell Samuelson, Kevin Stevens, Martin Straka, uh, Rick Tockett, and Tom Barrasso. Just a team loaded from top to bottom. But David Volek with the magic of a two-goal game, and he helps the Islanders advance. Two points for Volek. Two assists for Ray Ferraro, a goal and an assist for Benoit Hogue in this one. Ray Ferraro, Derek King, Vladimir Malakov all tied for the Islanders' lead with a plus two. And as far as shots on goal went, Volek leading the way by far with five. Islanders only took 20 shots on goal. The Penguins took 45, including seven by Mario Lemieux. He was limited to one assist. And again, Glenn Healy just shined in this one as the Islanders shocked the world and advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals with a 4-3 win over the Pittsburgh Penguins to end the Penguins' two-year Stanley Cup run. So, Again, one of the great moments in Islanders history, and we will have uh, one more great moment tomorrow as we wrap up this uh, two weeks of a look at the greatest moments in Islanders history. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice and a review that helps other Islander fans find the podcast and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. You could also tell a friend or a family member uh, about our podcast. It's always appreciated here. Uh, Want to share uh, our little family here and, and just talk Islanders hockey with more and more people. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Keep that social distancing going. And remember, we are one day closer to the resumption of 
the Islanders' season. Have a good night, and let's go Islanders!